Christy Spencer is the founder of The Polite Company. She is an expert on etiquette and how it can positively impact your life. This episode, you will learn practical tips and strategies to navigate social situations with ease and confidence, as well as how to build and maintain meaningful relationships, both in your personal and professional life. We've all had moments where we wish we would have been more polite. But, um, you know, for me, I was just interested in it um, my entire life. Not so much about um, being polite, but just kind of interested in how we impact a situation with what we do and what we say. And, you know, we can make those situations go better or we can make them go worse. And so I've been really interested in studying, you know, how we can make those things go better. Right. And how do we make things go better in a social situation? Let's say I'm in a job interview. How can I be, you know, a more polite person? What's the etiquette that I have to absorb or, you know, present? I think just about with any etiquette um, lesson that we teach, the first thing is that you're on time somewhere. And then, you know, you always want to dress appropriately. So that's true in a job interview as well. And in a job interview, I think that, you know, there's a combination of speaking but there's also a big component of listening that somebody needs to do. So somebody that comes in and just wants to ramble off their qualifications, which, you know, the interviewer presumably already has on a sheet of paper, um, is kind of missing out. And so, you know, what we say is that your degree or your experience is what gets you in the door, but it's your personal skills that will get you the job or the promotion. So people look great on paper, but then when you meet them, you know, they're not so great to be around. So I think that it's important that, you know, we show our personalities, but we're showing the best parts of our personalities when we're going for those job interviews. Yeah. And there's, there's so many different types of personalities. And I feel like nowadays, a lot of people will try to describe themselves as, oh, I'm an introvert. So I'm not really good at talking to people. I'm not really good in social situations. But I feel like Maybe someone like you would have an opinion on that is like, you know, there's a way to be an empowered introvert and there's also ways to be, a, you know, a more tolerable extrovert because extroverts get a bad rap for being, you know, overly chatty, overly social. And, you know, I, I wonder what someone like you who's an expert on these types of things has a view on that. I think what's the best thing to do is let somebody figure it out on their own. So if I have to tell you that I'm an introvert or an extrovert, I think it's better just to let somebody figure that out and make their own opinion um, I, I think that when we do that, you know, it looks like we are trying to fit into a box or we are trying to portray ourselves in a way. But if you just do those things, people are going to figure it out on their own. Yeah. And so you are kind of against the, the rules of, you know, social norms and etiquette. But what are the kind of things that keep you in line or what are the things that you can use to kind of, you know, have a more kind of productive and confident, you know, social interaction? Well, there are so many rules when it comes to etiquette, and those are important. You know, I mean, there's books and books and hundreds of thousands of rules, and those are great because those give us a place to start. But when we really want to think about our everyday life, there's not going to be a rule for everything that we do. And so we really have to then let some principles guide our actions. And, you know, some manners um, fall out of favor with time, or they might be specific to a country. And so there's not always a rule for everything, but there is always a principle. So for instance, you know, in 
Japan, we would bow when we met. Here in the United States, we would shake hands. Okay, those are two different manners, two different ways of, of doing something. But the principle is, is that we want to show people respect when we meet them. And so really knowing and, and um, thinking about those principles is what I encourage people to do rather than, you know, look for the rule on a page to, um, to guide what they are going to do next. Yeah. And what is a way we can show someone respect, you know, not knowing their, their cultural background? What is the, you know, the best way we can do that? I think, you know, we can observe and then we, if we're unsure, we ask. So if we're not sure how we pronounce somebody's name, ask the person. Um, for goodness sakes, don't give them a nickname that's easier for you to pronounce or, you know, obviously call them dude or buddy or, or something like that. You know, take care in um, respecting other people. Um, but I think, you know, we just ask questions and don't be afraid to ask questions. I, I've never... Um, been upset with somebody because they asked me a question to to make our interaction go better. So I think sometimes we're embarrassed and we think, you know, I don't want to ask a question. That sounds so dumb. But that's exactly what we should do is um, there is the golden rule, which is to treat people how you want to be treated. But then there's the platinum rule where we learn to teach other people or to treat other people how they want to be treated. And sometimes that means asking them what that is. Yeah. So it's going from kind of respect to almost like consideration of that person. Yes. So what what are some things we can look for in a person or look for in our social interactions to have more consideration for who a person is and what might be the best way to show them respect? I think, you know, when we're when we're using consideration, we are practicing empathy, which is so important, which doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with somebody else, but we can at least see their point of view. And, you know, we can understand from that point, we can, you know, really ask questions to try to seek answers or seek information instead of trying to instantly solve a problem. Sometimes that problem is much better solved when we arrive together to the to the resolution than when one person tells the other person, here's how it goes. No questions asked. One, two, three. I see. Okay. So it's it's a kind of a slow dance, you know, it's a bit of give and take and, and that kind of thing. So I, I wonder for the person out there who is socially awkward or maybe, you know, not really sure of how things should and could be, what's the first steps they can take in, you know, at, say a networking event or somewhere where there's a lot of people that they might want to talk to, or they, you know, have a, a interest in speaking to? I think the first thing you want to do is have a goal for the night before you leave from where you're, you know, your hotel room or your car or the parking lot, whatever. So have a goal that you are going to meet X number of people, whether that's two people or three people. I don't encourage people to say, I'm going to meet everybody there. That's not, um, you know, you'll look like a, a mad person trying to, you know, jump from person <laughs> to person. Uh, so you know, make, make that a really attainable goal. So I'm going to meet three people tonight and I'm going to have conversations with three people. So having that rule, you know, and goal for yourself, I think is, is great. And that's going to motivate you throughout the night to start conversations well end conversations well and try to make some good impressions along with making those connections and how do we start a good conversation 
think asking questions is always good. So people love to talk about themselves. So, you know, how's your day going so far? Or how are you enjoying the conference? Um, we can look for clues, say that somebody is wearing a, um, you know, a tie with whitewater fishing on it or something. Oh, you know, I, that, you must be interested in that. Um, you know, asking people about their shared experience. Maybe it's something that's on the menu or something that they're both eating or drinking at the time. Just really kind of showing an interest in the other person and keeping things low level um, conversations in the beginning because we don't want to tell people our life story when we first meet them. That becomes you know, a little heavy for that person, it becomes long, and we're then becoming more socially awkward at that stage instead of making, um, making tracks to do the opposite. Yeah, and I'm, there's people out there as well, you know, who might go, okay, cool, I get in, I go, oh, I like your t-shirt, you know, I, I love that team, or I love that thing. But what are the next questions they can ask? How can they have a, a system almost to continue asking questions without sounding like, you know, they're just trying to interrogate this person? Right. So you really want to ask questions until you hit on something that both of you have in common. So, right. you know, you're doing that fishing expedition and then you find something that you both have in common. So that, that's what you, we kind of go from, um, you know, just connecting with that person to really then having something in common with them. And then once you have that thing in common, you know, the, the conversation should flow pretty easily from there where you're asking questions, they're asking questions, and it's a real back and forth. But sometimes it takes a little bit of time and a little bit of effort for us to get to that place. Right. And let's say the conversation has gone swimming really well. We've made like a new friend now, but we kind of want to, you know, either move on to the next person or politely excuse ourselves. How do we end a conversation politely? Well, there's some clues that you can do with body language. So, you know, you can kind of, you know, angle your toes away from the person. You, you want to still be giving them respect. Um, but, you know, I think the best thing that we can do is say, I have enjoyed talking with you so much. I have some other people I need to talk to. Hopefully we'll meet again. Right. Okay. And just that, I don't think anybody would be offended. You know, where you get into trouble is where you tell little lies. Um, oh, I'm going to get another drink. Well, then they're just going to go up to the bar with you and get another drink. Um, you know, just finding other things that you have to do. That's not the truth. You're going to get found out in that. And I think people, no one has a problem if somebody says, Oh, you know what? This has been great. I've enjoyed it. I've got to talk to somebody else. Right. So how do you exercise these? principles in your daily life, Christy? How do you go around the world being a polite person? I think it's it's really just little things. And so it's going into the grocery store or the drive through line or something with the expectation that things are going to go well and looking for those times when things go well. So I know that it's it's not difficult if we want to set our sights and find all the grumpy people in a day or all the, you know, people who are using foul language or, you know, all the people who aren't doing their job well. But you can then train yourself to see all the things that are going well and the people who are smiling and the people who are opening the doors. And you can let that be your primary focus, too. And that's probably been the biggest change for me internally was that I didn't know it was possible to be able to change your perspective in that way. 
So when people say, oh, you know, I'm so glad that you're teaching etiquette. You know, people are so rude nowadays. I think, no, that's not why I did it. <laughs> I did it for <laughs> me is because I wanted to do something positive for my own well-being. And it's been amazing. Yeah. And what do we do if we come across somebody that's rude? Do we use the the old phrase of kill them with kindness? Or is there a polite way to kind of tell someone, you know, kick rocks, but in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, is it really, you'd have to think, is it really necessary that you tell them anything mm. or can you just ignore it and move on? Because by the time you've responded to it, you've let them impact your day and, you know, diminish your, um, you know, well-being, your, you know, state of mind. So I think a lot of things we can just ignore. And it, we are not going to change those people by popping off to them. Uh, all we're going to do is hurt ourselves by doing that. So I think, you know, it really is being the, you know, bigger person in some things. And I mean, we say, you know, two rudes doesn't make a right. Mm. So being rude to somebody else, you're still in the wrong. So it's going to, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Those are your two choices. Yeah. And in this kind of thread of politeness, I'm picking up that there's an element of self-help, there's an element of self-improvement, but obviously all that stems into your mindset and, you know, having control of your mindset or being able to make your mindset adapt to certain situations so that you get the best possible outcome for yourself and others around you. So I'm wondering, how did you get to this state where you have now decided that, right, I'm going to keep my mindset in this way. I'm going to operate in this way. Anything that comes in to try to distract me, I'm going to just get back on track it's sometimes can be a challenge because life doesn't always you know go right and exactly how we want it to go but i made the choice um to start a business and to concentrate on that business and really what i do comes from a spirit of wanting to help other people and teach other people so that's easy to keep my mind on that and um and i just see the the benefits it has in my life to where I am a more content person. I have more gratitude because I concentrate on thinking about, you know, things that I'm grateful for and I have more to give to other people. Not to say that, you know, learning to be polite, you know, changes, changes everybody. It, um, it doesn't, but I think incorporating just a little bit of what I do can help people. Mm. They don't have to go on this, you know, freakishly Pollyanna, um, ex you know, expedition like I have. But I think just adding it to your life in little ways can really be beneficial for people. So, so like you said, when you go into the grocery store or the drive or the drive-through, you know, having that mindset of things are going to go my way, and not in a selfish kind of narcissistic way, they're going to go positively polite it's going to be pleasant those are the types of ways that people can you know implement politeness from this very moment and that has a ripple effect you know i mean you hold the door for somebody you know that happens to me i think you know what i'm looking for where how i can pass that on today and mm. something i can do maybe it's not holding the door maybe it's not giving a compliment but there's something i'm going to be able to do that day to pass that along and if we all kind of do that i think you know the world would be a more kinder and positive place for us to all be lovely We've been really focused on like the personal aspects of things. And I'm wondering, you know, everybody who's listening hopefully has some kind of job or some kind of professional environment they operate in, you know, how can we bring that politeness into the workplace to make the workplace a much more interesting place for us to be? 
I think that's the biggest part of what I do is help businesses. And we're going to concentrate on workplace civility. We're going to think about the, the ways that we are treating each other that sometimes are not civil. And they go unnoticed. And a lot of times they don't reach an HR level. But, you know, we want to think about when we're interrupting other people, when we're sending an email that has, you know, no humanity connected to it, no name, no please, no thank you, those kinds of things. Emails that don't get answered. People who take credit for somebody, something somebody else did. These are all little things. And we've all had those happen to us at work. But what does that do day in and day out? Never mind the interactions that your employees are having with clients, you know, that affect your reputation, but you have an internal reputation as well. And, you know, with the job market like it is today, I think companies really have to focus on having a culture that, um, you know, demands people act civilly towards one another and, you know, just doesn't tolerate anything less, promotes, educates, and and talks about it. Because if we don't have that in our businesses, we're not going to be able to retain employees. Every time you lose an employee, you're losing so much more than just a person. You're losing their knowledge. You're having to fill that position. There's more training. And a People do leave jobs because they are treated poorly. People do leave jobs because they are treated uncivilly. And so, um, you know, the statistic is about 12% of the people who leave a job leave a job because they were treated poorly. And I don't think we can afford that anymore with something that can be prevented. We expect people to go onto bigger jobs, better jobs. But for somebody to leave because they were treated poorly has to be unacceptable in our businesses. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big kind of culture around now that, oh, this workplace was toxic. These people were this way. These people were that way. So I'm wondering if there's a way that you can politely stand up for yourself in a way that you still show that person that is making you feel that way, you know, the same respect and consideration we were speaking about, you know, a couple minutes ago. Sometimes we have to have difficult conversations. And when we have those difficult conversations, when we come at that with, you know, asking permission to have a conversation with somebody else, that really kind of, um, you know, gets their guard down if you ask that permission. But then you just say, you know, this is important to me. I care about our relationship. Um, is there something that we can do here? I think if you approach it, you know, with consideration, respect, and, and honesty with that person, you know, if, if they don't want to change, there's a bigger problem there. But I think making people aware of it, I think promoting a workplace civility and training is really important. I don't know any workplace that is, you know, five stars all the time and uh, needs no more training. So I think that that's an important thing. But I think that we all have to participate in workplace civility, but we all have to promote it as well. This is something that's important to us. And just like our vacation time or our sick leave or insurance, workplace civility is a right of workers to work in a, you know, at the very least civil environment. Mm. And part of civility is, is honesty as well. So, you know, if you're 
a low level employee or a high level employee, you have to be honest with each other about, you know, what's going on with you or, you know, why you're not able to complete a certain task. So I'm wondering as well, how does that power dynamic work of, of honesty? Because sometimes it's not in our best interests to be honest in the workplace. Like say if we've messed something up or, or, you know, if we're not able to come into work type thing. I think you're, you really, even if you have messed something up, it really is in your best interest to be the first one to admit that and try to make it better. You know, as a hiring manager for decades, I would have not been happy to hear that from an employee, but I sure would have been less happy to hear it from another employee. So we're all going to mess up. And it's, you know, any mistake that we make, the best thing that we can do is admit it, apologize, and move on as quickly as possible. So, you know, that there is honesty to that, but there is that benevolent honesty as opposed to brutal honesty that we can choose to use on other people. And you said you were a hiring manager for a while. What what kind of industry were you working in? And, you know, talk me through that kind of career path you had there. I worked in television news uh, for over 25 years. And so, you know, I worked at local newsrooms and I was a manager and a news director for 23 of those years. And that is a very um, pressurized, you know, position, uh, deadlines, uh, bad news, you know, things happening at all hours of the day, nothing happened on a schedule. And then it was just a continual push. You know, there was always something X, always something. And, you know, managing, um, you know, newsrooms full of, of people. So, for me, it got to be too much. And I was tired of the negativity that came with that position. Uh, Not to say that, you know, hey, guess who was responsible for a negative um, atmosphere in in a newsroom? You know, that would have been my responsibility as well. But I decided that I wanted to make, you know, strides to change that. And sometimes when we go for self-improvement, we're not exactly sure what we're going to get. Sometimes we don't get everybody around us. You know, not everybody makes it to the finish line with us. And then we can also decide, like, you know what? I found a new way to live my life. And I, now I can't live it any other way. And that's really what I found in that experience was that there's this new thing that you can do other uh, that I could do. And I had to at least uh, give it a go. Yeah. And, and talk me through the, the first days, months, years of you. So on, you know, quote unquote, giving it a go. What did that look like when you said, right, enough of the newsroom. That's too much for me. The environment's just not serving me. I'm going to move into this whole politeness or etiquette space? What did that look like? A little bit of panic, but then I just started, you know, making contacts with local businesses, local schools. And it's kind of funny when you tell people that you do this, they go, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't even know that was a thing, but now that it is, and then they'll call you up and say, you know what, I have an etiquette question, or Mm. they think of, you know, different ways that can be utilized. So I've had great success so far. Um, I'm passionate about it. So I really don't give anybody an option when they're speaking to me. <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to be pumped up about, um, etiquette by the end of the conversation. But if, if you can find something that you're passionate about, you know, all the better. And, you know, so it's, and the passion continues. 
Yeah. And, you know, people always say, oh, find your niche, find your niche. This has to be the most niche thing I've come across that is like so relevant to everybody, though, if that makes sense. As in, you're the first person I've met that's an etiquette coach, which isn't like, hold your knife and fork like this and be sure to wipe your mouth with a serviette when you're done. Like that's that's not day-to-day etiquette. That's very kind of like situational, whereas you're giving people tools to be able to operate in the world in a much I want to say healthier way because health does include your social as well as physical and mental well-being. It is something that we can apply every day. So I could teach wedding etiquette and that's going to apply to one person for their very important day, but it's really only one day. Um, but there are people out there who teach those kinds of etiquette and, and have teas and, you know, cotillions and on those kinds of things. And that is great. That has a place. Just for me, the way that I find that it applies more broadly is in workplaces specifically, but the day-to-day stuff, the job interviews that we're going to go on or the, you know, business social events, you know, networking, those kinds of situations that we're going to be in over and over where we really have an opportunity to improve. You know, if you're improving at, you know, getting married, that's probably not a good thing. You know, you're doing that (laughs) more than a few times. But, um, you know, if you are going to performances or you are going to other things, you know, you have a chance to get better and to hone your skill and to, to, to be better at that. So that's kind of what I like, because I like, um, you know, I don't get it right on the first try by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't imagine anybody else's either. Yeah. And so what's an example of a time where I don't know if this would be in the newsroom or in your, your current business, the, the polite company, where things didn't go so well and you overcame that because that is something that, you know, there's always a lesson in in our failures is, is what I like to believe anyways. Yeah, I trying to think of something specific for that. But, you know, there have been times, you know, the etiquette lady should not be late. And so, you know, when that happens, because you know what, life happens sometimes. And so we're late. And I think being able to, again, admit, apologize and move on very quickly when you're late to something. And then I also think you can say instead of, you know, fumbling over an apology and explaining the million reasons why that happened, you can also just say, thank you so much for waiting for me. And that done sincerely, I think, kind of clears the air and gets things going. But, you know, we're late. We forget to return calls. We do these things all the time. But again, just remembering that admit, apologize and move on can really help you know, that helps me overcome issues and hopefully it helps other people too. Right. And so when you overcome these, you know, let's, let's say you're late somewhere and you, you kind of have to get into your session. What do you do mentally to kind of get yourself refocused? Cause it's one thing to say, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm late. You know, thank you for waiting for me, et cetera, et cetera. But still in your head, are you like freaking out? Like, oh gosh, I've been late. You know, I'm going to be off. Oh, they're going to think something bad of me. Yes, I, I keep freaking out, you know, for minutes after that happens, <laughs> you know, human. But, you know, it does, if you can take a moment and center yourself and, you know, go to the bathroom and it, even if it's 30 seconds, just to kind of take a few deep breaths and, um, you know, you can use humor to try to make yourself and other people feel more comfortable. But again, just leveling the playing field with that, you know, apology and moving on. Um, it's not 
it's not easy, but you know the rest of your day depends on being able to push the reset button. And of course, it's very difficult, but and then you try to explain, you know, remind yourself next time, like, this is why I'm leaving 15 minutes early, because yeah. I'm going to get to that parking lot and I'm going to have three minutes before I have to walk in in front of a group of people. And just, you know, thinking about how good that feels when that happens and trying to kind of mimic that feeling is kind of helpful, too. Yeah. So you're saying, you know, it's, it's not well, it's almost fake it till you make it type thing, but it's also be sure to learn from that experience and, and keep moving forward. And for some people, I know, you know, things like public speaking seem like an absolutely alien thing that they don't want to do. But, you know, in life, if you want to get ahead, there's elements of public speaking that you have to do. So I'm wondering, are you able to give us any tips about how to speak with confidence or just be more confident and, you know, not completely crumble into a, a ball and a mess? There's so much about how we communicate that has nothing to do with our words. So I think it's over 50% of communication all has to do with your delivery and your body language. And so, you know, I know it sounds corny, but, you know, standing up straight has so many benefits. I mean, you can breathe better. Your shoulders are back. You look more confident. Mm. Um you can always, um, you know, use other body language signals where you're not, you know, your hands aren't in your pockets. You don't have something that's, you know, a barrier to you and the audience. And I think people speaking slowly is also a big thing, which is so hard for me to do because I, when I get passionate about something, I speed up to about, you know, twice the speed I, I should be speaking. But I think, you know, keeping that body language and shoulders squared and our hands are open and our toys, toes are pointed at the audience, all of those little things that you have to practice along with knowing what you're going to talk about. It takes so much. And I think people disregard the practice that it takes to put it in myself included i you know always you know be practicing that speech because it is difficult to get up in front of people and talk to them and um and some people say it's easy and they love it and i, I wish i shared that with them but it is mm. nerve-wracking so you really i think practice makes perfect Right. Practice does make perfect indeed. So you, you said, you know, if you're passionate about something, then you end up kind of stumbling over your words and speaking a bit too fast. So I'm wondering, what are you passionate about? I am passionate about helping people. I'm passionate about learning um, what we normally do as humans and how we can keep ourselves always from doing that. I'm passionate in measuring ourselves the same way we measure other people and giving ourselves as many breaks as we might give to other people. And I just, when I go into a situation or have a phone call, my goal is I want that to be the best conversation and the best that that person was treated all day. And that's kind of how I go into other situations as well, is I want to make an impression, but I want to make that person's day. And it kind of gets to be a game you know, and in your mind to play. But again, that's putting the focus on keeping things as positive as possible in our lives, because things haven't been easy. They have not been uh, at times polite. And now we need to get back to that. Mm. And what can we do to be more patient with ourselves? I think, you know, we need to learn to be alone sometimes and to really be able to assess 
our actions and how we're coming across to people. So, you know, I will have people write down, you know, what are some attributes that they want to use to describe themselves? And then what are they doing to portray that? Either are you portraying that through your social media? Are you portraying that through the way that you dress? Are you portraying that in the words that you use? Or, um, But I think we have to understand that in this world, we are meeting people for the first time online. We are judged within, you know, three seconds of meeting somebody. And we can't help that from happening. Those things are just that is how our society is. That's how we're, we're wired. And so I think we gotta, we gotta understand that. And instead of saying, well, people shouldn't judge other people. Well, you know, we're all reading the billboards. We can't help but read the billboards. And so when it's in front of us, you know, we're gonna read it. So, um, I think that we just have to really be honest with ourselves in what we're saying and doing and portraying. And if that's the message we really want to send. Right. And so you said, you know, through like journaling and writing down, you can kind of craft that image for who you are and what you want to be and that type of thing. So I'm wondering what, what is your kind of, you know, obviously don't share too much of yourself, but who, who have you kind of, you know, molded yourself into in this, this process you've gone through of journaling and, you know, sculpting a true self? I really wanted to work on being having gratitude because i think so many things come from that and instead of thinking of you know i don't have this or this is you know different than other but everybody else or i can't or i won't or those kinds of thing is to be grateful and just come from that place every day and when you are thankful for experiences when you are can even be thankful for when things go wrong because you know that it eventually got you to where you are um be thankful for the good relationships the bad relationships um all of all of that has a huge impact on me to be able to to um have this outlook daily is just that I'm sincerely grateful for everything that I have. And it's not because it's the best or because it's perfect, but it's because it's what is meant to be for me. And it's probably turned out a lot better than I deserve. Right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. As in, if, if you're, you know, a person that's full of gratitude, then realistically, most things are a learning experience, if not a positive experience. So kind of leading on from that, what is it about what you do that brings you the most joy? I, you know, answering people's questions and maybe even um, affirming something that they thought was right, but they weren't quite sure. I teach a lot of college students and afterwards, you know, I'll tell them, you know, listen, when you get that job interview, you better be sending me your questions. I, I want to be the first one that knows. And, um, you know, same thing if it's, if it's a question about weddings or it's a question about dating or any of those things. Um, I love being in on those moments for people and to be that person that they feel like, um, you know, Hey, I might not have all the answers, but I'm going to give you my attention and try to help you out. But I just love being a part of people's lives in that way. And what are some frequently asked questions for you? 
Well, one thing people will say is etiquette. You know, are we still doing that? And, you know, I tell them, yes, we're doing it right now. You and I are speaking. There's etiquette in that. You know, again, on the highway or at school or on social media, there's etiquette wherever we go. We just have to recognize what it is. Um, but most often people say, you know, which fork do you use? And, um, you know, those kinds of questions, which they really know the answer to, but that's just kind of what they think of when they um, think of etiquette. And the next thing I get is people just kind of like just freeze and they don't want to make any move whatsoever because they think they're going to do something wrong. So um, I try to tell them, listen, there's only one person who's nervous uh, about their actions and that's me. So um, I'm, I'm worried about my own actions. I'm not worried about judging you. So those are just some of the, the, the funnier things that I get from people. Lovely. Uh, gosh, I've, I've tried to think of any time where I've been, you know, unconscious about the etiquette and messed up, but it really, it really does depend because we always go to the kind of high profile kind of side of things as opposed to the day to day, which is, you know, almost like a, a, I guess, like a subconscious reaction. And I think what you're trying to do is get people to have a more conscious interaction with people as opposed to just kind of exist how they feel like existing. Yes, I think it, you know, it comes to when you're going to have a conversation with somebody at the grocery store or, you know, the checker at a grocery store, you know, are you, are you on the phone with somebody else? Do you have your earbuds in or do you take time to direct your, you know, um, thoughts and your conversation toward that person? You know, we can't go through life just pretending that these people are, you know, you know, pieces of a, a movie or something that aren't real people like these. Everyone's a real person. I was uh, teaching dining etiquette to a class and um, one of the waiters was in the room and I said, you know, what's the most rude thing that people do here? And I thought it was going to be, you know, bad tipping or, you know, leaving a messy table. And, you know, his response was when I asked people what they want to drink or I, I asked people um, how their day is going and they say, I'll have a Coke, <laughs> you know, and it is like, I'm a person. I'm not somebody who's here to serve you. I asked you a question, no matter who it is, they deserve an answer. But I think that we do. We just kind of are on autopilot. And sometimes we're forgetting that everyone we interact with is a person and they want to be treated like a person. And I think if we, if we did that a little bit better, um, we would be better off. Yeah. So you, you have to kind of acknowledge people for who they are and, and, you know, what they're doing as opposed to kind of live life almost transactionally. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of things that we do can seem like that transactional um, response. And sometimes etiquette can seem that way, too. So when I say thank you, you say you're welcome. Why is that important? Do we really mean the words behind that? But what happens if we don't say either of those things? You know, how do both of us feel after that? So it's just, um, I think it's a fascinating thing to study and it's um, an interesting way to try to live life. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a way where now I think to myself, gosh, okay, how can I be more polite in my day-to-day -day interactions? And, you know, funny enough, I was in a, a fast food shop the other day and I the guy was like, I was kind of like, you know, I'll take my food. Yeah, thank you very much. And then he was like saying something else. I was like, wait, what did you say? He's like, make sure you tell me 
if you enjoyed it, because we only opened last week. And I was like, you've completely broken my frame of programming. It's normally, what do you want? Yes, I want this. Thank you very much. See you later. But he was like, no, no, I need to know this because, you know, I'm trying to run a good business here. He really did flip my frame because I was like, oh, um, okay. Well, in my head now, I'm like, I guess I have to come back and tell you. I was like, what if it's bad? So then, you know, I was more consciously almost more mindfully eating this fast food i was like oh no these wings are crispy you know these these fries are really nice i thought i guess i'll go back on friday and and order the same thing again about hey it was actually quite good you know maybe this and that could use some work but you know those small moments you know that you sometimes might glimpse over probably make you know that person's day because they've just started their business they want to make it as good as possible and you know there's a lot of people out there that start businesses and don't actually care about the business so yeah and now i have that that kind of lens to look look at things through i'm definitely going to try my best to uh engage with people where possible i guess yeah and i think you know giving a compliment um you know of course with that can you can get into you know some creep territory there too but you know <laughs> giving a genuine compliment holding the door open for people but another question that i get is people say well do um should men hold the doors open for women and i said well yeah and women should hope hold the doors for men and old people should hold it for young people and young people should hold it for old people it has nothing to do with you know age or gender this is just how we do things now and um i think you know but that compliment that holding the door those little things that even if you do them if you did them a little bit more intentionally, so not only do you hold the door, you tell the person, you know, have a great day, or you just look them in the eyes and you smile as you do it. Just doing it with a little bit more intention, I think it helps that person some, but it helps you so much more. Where can the people find you online? My website is thepolitecompany.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and it's the Polite Company Christie there. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.